welcome back to Franklin Covey's weekly On Leadership podcast. My name is Scott Miller. I serve as your host and interviewer each week. I'm also the author of the Master Mentors book series based on this very podcast published by HarperCollins. Master Mentors Volume 1 released this year with insights on 30 of our transformative guests from the first two years of the podcast. And now we're releasing and available for pre-order now, Master Mentors Volume 2, where I selected 30 new guests and featured 30 new insights, releases October 4th and available for pre-order on our way to 10 volumes in the Master Mentor series. And who knows, maybe today's guest might be so gracious as to allow me to feature him. He is a household name. His name is Don Miguel Ruiz. He is the author of the book, The Four Agreements. It's been a transformative book. This book has been on the New York Times list for 10 plus years. It has sold tens of millions of copies and has been translated into nearly 50 languages. And from Las Vegas, we have the author joining us today. Don, welcome to On Leadership. Oh, it's my honor to be with all of you, and I'm very, very grateful. Don, this is a highlight for us. We have been so privileged that listeners and viewers around the world keep subscribing and sharing this podcast uh, series. We've had some amazing guests from best-selling authors to business titans and celebrities and CEOs of Fortune 10 companies, and uh, you are uh, a, uh, you're a delight. You're a gentleman. You're such a great author. This book has been truly transformative for tens of millions of people. Today, we're going to very simply go through each of the four agreements. So someone can, who's listening and, and, and viewing can kind of predict what our conversation will be organized like. But before we do that, would you rewind a bit and would you give some context for why you wrote the book, how you came up with some of the learnings from your ancestors, from your own spiritual and religious readings and learnings. Talk a bit about the, the, the basis behind the four agreements. Well, this is a, a, a wonderful book. And today, this year is 25 years since uh, we published this book. It's uh, 1997. And it really becomes a classic. And it's all over the world. And there's, it's been used in so many different directions. Is in the, in the universities, is in any direction you name it, and is there. It's four simple agreements that is, uh, we can say, the result of investigating how the human mind works. I used to be a neurosurgeon, and in the middle of the 80s, I decided to explore the human mind and I returned to the teachings of my ancestors and just to find out that the, the human mind is extremely simple. Then in this book, we see what the problem is. It is the domestication of the human being. And the solution is to stop believing all what we learned in the first 10, 15, 20 years of our life and in order to do that, I give the solution. And the solution was the four agreements. It's extremely simple. It's something that everybody knew, but we never focused in that direction in order to transform what we believe. It challenged every belief that we have because we find out that we just a continuation of the stories 
that is being said by our family, by our country, by the entire, by the entire uh, world. And it's amazing to see the transformation that is happening to all of us because it's a, a challenge to our beliefs. And when we change our beliefs, like we said before, it can change the decisions that we make in any direction of our life. From sports, from um, acting, performing, to leader, to create uh, companies, etc., etc. In any direction, these four agreements really guide you to live a better life, focusing in yourself. Because if you can change yourself, you can change your personal world. And if you change your personal world, little by little is shifting and changing the people that are affected for, for the way you are, for the way you behave, for the way you live your life. Don, thank you for that setup. Uh, it's hard to overestimate the influence your book has had on humanity. Your book today continues to be the fifth best-selling book of all books in print on Amazon against you know uh, tens of millions of books. And so today we're going to spend some time revisiting each of the four agreements. For those who may not have read this book yet or read it 20 years ago and perhaps need a refresher, the four agreements, as you call them, are number one, be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. And number four, always do your best. We'll spend about five minutes on each of these. First is this idea of be impeccable with your word, the first agreement. And you mentioned that prior to becoming a, a, a renowned author, you were a neuroscientist. And you also mentioned that you used the phrase domestication of humans. I want to read a short passage from your book from the first agreement. And have you talk about the power of understanding like animals, we have been domesticated and what that impact is, positive or negative, on the first agreement. You write, during our domestication, our parents and siblings gave their opinions about us without even thinking. We believed these opinions and we lived in fear over these opinions, like not being good at swimming or sports or writing. Someone gives us an opinion and then we tend to, you know, we tend to agree with it, that we're under a spell. You talk about how there's sort of, you know, good magic and bad magic around the words we use. Talk first about the agreement number one, be impeccable with your word. What does that look like, sound like, and feel like in our daily lives? Well, we can say that the word is what we use in order to create an entire language. If we agree for every single word, then with the word we create an, an entire reality the one we believe, then if we are impeccable with the world, we use it in order to create the most wonderful dream for ourselves. We can create our personal heaven and really be completely responsible for any decision, every action, and any reaction that happens when we apply the world. You know, Don, uh when I was reading the book again for this interview, it made me think about a text that I received about a month ago. So inside the Franklin Covey Company, we're a global public company that trades on the New York Stock Exchange. And our CFO, our chief financial officer, is a fairly uh, prototypical CFO of a big public company, right? Uh, 
uh, a male who's in his 60s. He's very wise, very deliberate, very contemplative. He chooses his words very carefully. He's the opposite of me. I'm very impetuous and very emotional, and I wear my emotions on my sleeve. But he sent me a text a month ago. I was asking him if he knew Donny Osmond, because he and Donny Osmond, you know, the Las Vegas-based singer-entertainer, they're in the same circles, and I wanted to interview Donny Osmond. So I said, Steve, any chance you know Donny Osmond? And he wrote back to me, I don't, good luck, you are a genius, by the way. And I'm reading this not because I'm a genius, but because this is a guy who is so aligned with your first agreement. And then about a month later, out of the blue, he texted, this is the CFO of a global public company. He texts me and says, hi, Scott. Thank you for being a good friend and a great example. Now, I don't read this for flattery to myself, but it seems like he is so disciplined and responsible about how he uses his words for good and for bad, and really for the purpose of validating and lifting others up. Speak to the millions of leaders who are listening to this right now. And for that matter, husbands and wives and partners and parents and neighbors and friends, what are some things we can do today to live our lives more in alignment with the first agreement of being impeccable with our word. Well, we can see that the word is a great instrument for creation. Mm -hmm. We have a dream, we have a goal. We use the word in order to try to reach that goal. By doing that, we can create a biggest organization. We can, we, we can create a something great in any sport or whatever direction we fall, fall life with. You know, like for me, I wanted to be a medical doctor. Then by using my word, I start guiding, creating a direction who will lead me to the university, who will lead me to finish all the tests and graduate and become a medical doctor. Then it's extremely powerful we can lead, we can be follow, but we have to be aware of what we are doing. Then with the work we communicate with everybody around us, but more important, we communi communicate with ourselves because we can tell to ourselves what we want to believe, what we know what is real, what we know what is not real. That is extremely powerful. We can influence people with the word. We can make them believe things that knowing or not could be truth or not, but they follow what we say if they follow us or vice versa. So what's extremely important for us is have a lead and we follow and we do whatever to follow that person. Then it's extremely important, it's extremely powerful, the use of the word. We need to respect the word. In fact, I think, Don, in the book, you've really reminded us, because you use examples of Hitler and other you know, military or political leaders that used word for good or for bad, and sometimes unconscionable bad, in the case of Adolf Hitler and those that followed his word and his ideas. I think it's a great reminder for all of us to be more deliberate, more contemplative, more thoughtful, more careful with the words that we use about ourselves and about others, because as you mentioned, we've all been domesticated in some ways to be subordinate to and believe what others think about us, which leads us to the second agreement you call don't take anything personally. In fact, in the book, you say nothing other people do is because of you. 
It is because of themselves. And then further you write, what they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements they have in their minds. Their point of view comes from all the programming they receive during domestication. It's a, it's a point you keep revisiting. Expand on and talk about the second agreement of don't take anything personally. Well, uh, it's very interesting because we can see that we live in our own creation. It's like a whole movie where we are the main character of that movie. But just like us, everybody around us do exactly the same thing. Then in their movie, we are only a secondary character. They only know what they believe we are. And this is extremely important because we believe we know everybody. We can swear we, we, we know our mother or father or children or beloved. But the only thing that we really know is what we believe about them. Then whatever everybody says about us is what they believe we are, but they really don't know us. Nobody really know us. It's difficult for us to know ourselves. And the same thing, we, be we believe we know the people we love, but we only know what we believe about them. Honestly, we don't know anybody and nobody really knows us. Then whatever they say is just their opinion, is what they believe, and is according of the entire reality that live in their minds. It has nothing to do with you. When you have that awareness, that gives you immunity with the relation that we have with everybody else. And when you know what I'm sharing with you, you will also see that give you immunity also in the relationship that you have with yourself because sooner or later, you will also find out that you are not what you believe you are and that you hardly know yourself. You only know what you believe about yourself and that can shift and change in every given moment. You know, Don, it's really a great leadership reminder because one of the concepts we teach at the Franklin Covey Company, if you're going to be a leader of people, then you have to develop a leader's mindset. You have to have a paradigm that is nimble and agile and flexible and recognize that you know, what you think about those on your team is likely not complete. It's not fully accurate. And likely, if it's so entrenched in your mind that someone really can't even behave their way into a new mindset because your mindset about your team is so entrenched, and I think it's important to remind leaders, remind parents, all of us, that none of our belief systems and mindsets are complete or total or accurate, and that we never fully know those that work with us and for us, and we should be constantly in a state of sort of awareness of the fact that um, our mindsets are skewed. You agree with that? Yes, and uh, we can say that it's extremely important to make agreements with our team or, or, or group that work with us, that we uh, see everything in the same direction or very close to the same direction. Because playing as a team, we become much stronger. And the only way to do that is to have that agreement and to really uh, be a fair team uh, player. 
And we, we should see the team as one beam made by five, 10, 100 people. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many, but see like a one living being. Because we can see also humanity is only one living being and is is made by a billion people. Don, before I, before, before I go into the, the third agreement, which is don't make assumptions, would you back up a little bit and remind us, why are there four? Of, of all the research you've done, the teachings from your family's history and lineage and spirituality, how did these four come together? I ask that because Dr. Covey wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And there was seven for a reason. They were sequenced very intentionally. The first were about developing a private victory, mastery over self. And the next three habits were about victory with others, uh, public victory. And then the seventh habit was sort of a unifying habit. How, how did you organize these four and why are they in this order? Well, um, it really was five. But at the time that I write the four agreements, I decided only to speak about the first four agreements because I thought that the, the, the fifth one is really just to, to become a master. And this is, these four agreements is really a challenge of a whole belief system because everything that we believe is there because we agree with every word, with every concept, with every sentence. And we see that the result is that we become just like everybody else even in a myth that only exists in our mind. It, like we said before, the problem is that we was domesticated. We didn't choose that, but we adopted it and make it ours. Then with these four agreements, we challenge every single belief. We bring the power of the doubt and we doubt every concept. We doubt whatever the belief system says and what passed the test of the doubt that we take it as truth and is changing little by little everything that we believe then that really changed everybody else then with these four agreements they go really together because the three free agreements is really to understand all this concept but when we make the difference is the fourth one, always do your best. Because you, you may understand what is uh, being beckled with the world. Don't take anything personal or don't make assumptions. But if you don't apply it, if you don't do your best, nothing will change. My, my favorite is the, four, the agreement number four, because with these agreements, we understand the creation of all the civilizations of the planet Earth. We can see how um, uh, uh, empire rise becomes to the best and decay. Then this really can be used to change what we believe, not just about everything around us, but about ourselves. You see, to answer the, the main question, what am I? Anyway, I think that. Don, I'm guessing there's been some pressure from your publisher to publish the book, The Fifth Agreement, because that would sell millions of copies. Can you share with us what The Fifth Agreement was? Well, it's be impeccable, 
but learn to listen. And this book, it really was wrote by my son, Don Jose. And I participate by talking about the, the first four agreements. And, and that happened in 2002 when I have a major heart attack and my body was dying. And I share all of this to my son, Don Jose. And he said, I will write this fifth agreement because he thought that I didn't want to just to protect the people for, from themselves. He said, no, he said, he said this need to be known by everyone. Uh, be skeptical, which means don't believe anybody, but learn to listen because what everybody says, even that the majority of what they say is not real, just maybe a little teeny tiny is real and that can change everything. Is we can shift it in don't believe me, don't believe yourself, and don't believe anybody else. You see, we are using the power of the doubt, but learn to listen and then you choose what is real, what is truth for yourself. And you will find out that whoever say whatever in any place is just their point of view. Maybe it's true for the one who's speaking uh, that word, but not necessarily is true for you. But if you listen, you will see that there's so many things that this person will share that is valuable for everyone. Then by using the doubt, we will take aside everything that we believe is not true, but we keep the most important part that they share, that they lead, and we use it for ourselves, for our own transformation. And we become better and better with ourselves. The most important part is don't believe yourself. Every time that you say, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not intelligent enough, don't believe yourself because you're lying. It's not true. The result will be that you find perfection in everything, including yourself, and you will see that everything is perfect and imperfection only exists in the mind. That's why this fifth agreement, when you change your world completely, it means the end of the world. It is wonderful because it's a new beginning. After that, you will use your word only to create a little piece of heaven in your mind and you live in that new dream. Don, thank you for the backstory and the context on the fifth agreement. Let's review here quickly. Uh, agreement one, be impeccable with your word. Agreement two, don't take anything personally. Agreement three, don't make assumptions. In the book you write in support of agreement number three, we create a lot of emotional poison by making assumptions and taking it personally because usually we start gossiping about our assumptions. Remember, gossiping is the way we communicate to each other in the dream of hell and transfer poison to one another. In fact, in the book, you write a lot about how inculcated as humans we are to gossip all of our lives and how poisonous it is. Talk about the, the value of being impeccable with your word 
And how can people move out of a family culture, an organization culture, out of gossip, and into being impeccable with their word? Well, it is extremely important because with the gossip, we, we uh, hear rumors, we believe rumors, and we spread the rumors. And we don't even know if it's true or not, especially in organizations. You know, when we are a team and we have a goal that we can, that we want to reach. And we can see that there's so many conflicts because all those opinions living in all those gossiping that is happening all the time. If, we, if you turn the, let's see, the news on, they will tell you a lot of gossips making in a lot of associations trying to manipulate but people should believe or not believe. You know, it's, it's something extremely important for us to understand. And you can apply the fifth agreement right there. Don't believe all that gossip. But listen, because in between of all those gossiping, something is real, something is true, and that will help you to live a better life, not just for yourself, but for the people that you love the most. I think it's, uh, I think it's worth belaboring this point because it's in my judgment after 30 years in the leadership development business that the biggest cancer in every organization is gossip. Yes. And that if you want to eliminate that cancer in your company, it starts with the leader. It's a great example of our former CEO, Bob Whitman, who is now our chairman of the board, is Bob never gossips. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, allow it. He doesn't participate in it. And in fact, if he sees it happening, he quickly shuts it down graciously and changes the topic to make everyone understand this is not acceptable in this organization without shaming anyone, but he really sets that standard. Will you just remind us the importance of being a transition figure, whether it be in our families or as leaders in our organization, to ensure that, that we're faced with the temptation multiple times a day to share our assumptions, to share our opinions, to not be impeccable with our word. But if you really want to eliminate gossip from your life, you really have to be the model of that in all of your interactions. If you don't participate in, in those gossips, you never will be involved in all, uh, in all those conflicts that exist there. And you are completely aside of that. You will not avoid that that happen in, in your family, and your company, or wherever you are, but that will not affect you. And yes, if we have the power to stop it, we will stop it. And, and like you said, uh, not trying to shame anybody or to blame anybody. No, it's simple by letting know that if we are a team, let's play a team. And as a team, we will create something even bigger and powerful. And with that team, we can reach any goal and make it as big as we want to. Because sometimes we don't want to that overgrow that it takes our life away from our family or from our personal life, that we will not be a slave of the monster that we create and delegate to others that they can also grow and not be selfish and try to 
to be the center all the time. Then it's something that we personally can make a decisions in what duration we want to live our life. Don, the fourth agreement you call always do your best. In fact, you write that the fourth agreement is about the action of the first three. It reminds me again a lot of how Dr. Covey organized his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit six is called synergize. And it really isn't a do habit. You don't do synergy, you get synergy. You are rewarded with synergy by doing the previous habits, specifically four and five. Habit four is think win-win. And habit five is seek first to understand then to be understood. It's the habit of empathic listening. So really habit six is the outgrowth of doing habit four and habit five. And in many ways, your fourth agreement is the, is it not, is the outcome of really being deliberate and successful at the first of the first three agreements. Well, the, the, for the five agreements really, because action is will make the difference. Even not taking action is an action. Don, you mentioned in the book that the idea for this came to you from a couple of different ways, from your heritage, your family, the teachings of your, your, your heritage in Mexico, but also you had a near-death experience close to 50 years ago. And I think it was perhaps a car accident or something like that that really helped you get clarity on what you wanted your life to be about and how to share the principles. For those of us that aren't having a near-death experience, who don't want a near-death experience to be the trigger or the pivot on how to get clarity in our lives. How does everyone who leaves this podcast in the next three or four minutes and goes back to the onslaught of information, all the demands they have in their life and busyness and activity, how does someone begin to implement the four agreements in their life today without having a near-death experience? Well, the whole thing is really about awareness. To be aware that we really don't know what we are. You know, I used to believe that I was my body. With the car accident, I find out that I am not my body, but I live in my body. And I also understood that my whole life is being just a dream a wonderful and beautiful dream and that I'm dreaming all the time. Like right now I am dreaming with the brain awake, but I live in my dream and I share with everybody else's dreams. We are dreaming together and we interact with each other. By knowing, by knowing that life becomes extremely easy. Then always is gonna be about you because yes, you are the center of the universe. You are the center of everything. Everything goes to you and go from you to everything. Then everything is a center of the universe. Beautifully said. Your book is The Four Agreements. The tagline is remarkable. A practical guide to personal freedom. Don Miguel Ruiz, thank you for joining us today on Leadership. It's been my pleasure to bless all of you. It's been our honor, sir. How do you top Don Miguel Ruiz? We'll see you back here next week for a new conversation on leadership.